It's time for CBJ in 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, YouTube, and TuneIn. The easiest thing to do is tell Alexa or Siri to play CBJ in 30. Here's your host, Bob McGilligan. Welcome to another Monday Mailbag edition of CBJ in 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. Today, the day that you ask the questions and I give my answers. I know you look forward to this each and every week, so I'm going to get right to it after I tell you about the fine folks at Telhio Credit Union. Telhio Credit Union has been providing great service to people in central and southwestern Ohio for a long, long time. They are people persons. That's what they do. They, they serve and they make sure that what you do with your money is what's best for you. Maybe you don't know what to do with it. Maybe uh, you don't know why you should join a credit union. Maybe you don't know if there's uh, something that um, maybe there's a service that you need. You don't even know about it yet, but you can get a whole bunch of information by going to tellhio.org. Just surf through the website, uh, click on the different tabs. You'll be able to see all the different services that they provide to Tellhio Credit Union. And if you have any questions, and if you're surfing during regular business hours, there's a live chat option on the right-hand side of the screen. You know, it's the holiday season. Maybe you need a little extra cash, maybe a, a, a personal loan or something like that. Again, just go to tellhio.org and you will be able to get all of the information about ways that they can help you. Tellhio Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. All right, let's get to the questions. Voice questions first, and we'll start with the ladies. Hey, Bobby Mack, it's Lauren from Florida. First, I want to say that I hope you and all the CBJ community had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And I want to thank you and John Luke Grandpierre. I listened to Friday's episode of CBJ and 30, and I appreciated you guys validating the way that I have felt and the way that I'm sure a lot of people feel about listening to yourself on a recording or watching yourself in a video. Um, it's not always the most pleasant thing. And with that in mind, I am going to keep my question brief since I will probably have to listen to this again on your podcast. So my question for today is how much would you attribute our current consistency to Boone Jenner's leadership now that he's the captain? I really notice the team even when we lose like we come back and we play these games and we're in it we're back and forth we're tied up and we even find a way to win a lot of the time and even when we lose it's not a horrible loss and again we come back and we win the next game and so I'm curious how much you attribute that to him because he has been coming up with those goals that we needed and he has really seemed very level-headed, never getting too high or too low, as Cam Atkinson used to talk a lot about. And so I'm curious about your thoughts on that and just how much you credit that to him. Do you credit it to the other veterans that have joined our team? Or do you even credit it to just a level of maturity amongst the young guys who've joined the team? So thank you for taking my question, and I look forward to your answer. Well, Lauren, thank you very much for that question. Um, you made me think there. Do you put it on one player? Does Boone Jenner get all of the credit for the way the team has been kind of um, never too high, never too low? And I think that, yeah, you do have to give him some credit for that. I don't think that he is the only one, but, yeah, the way that he plays and the way that he leads is very steady. So I think you make a very good point on that. I think Zach Wierenski is the same way. I think Oliver Bjorkstrand's the same way. Gus Nyquist, you know, none of those guys are like these big rah-rah type leaders. 
They're just players that go out and they do their job. And they don't get too excited and they don't get too depressed. Uh, they stay pretty much where they are at all times. So I think that's a really good point. Uh, the leadership sets that tone and then everybody else is kind of following that tone. And when you play 82 games, like you're not going to have a great game every night. Let's go back to the Vancouver game last Friday. That was terrible, awful, and they won it. Uh, then they go into St. Louis on Saturday and they play a good first period. And all of a sudden, then they can't do anything right. It, these things are just going to happen along the way. And it is the team that is steady. You know, the old saying, slow and steady wins the race, right? I think the team that is steady and can handle all of that stuff, um, you know, the emotions of the game, the emotions outside of the game, I think that team, uh, those teams normally have more success. So, yeah, yeah, I will, uh, I'll give you that one. Boone Jenner and uh, his leadership, the way he plays, the way he carries himself, I think that it does have an effect on this group. All right, let's get another question in here. Hey, Bob, this is uh, Joe from Cleveland. First off, I want to thank you for uh, answering my question there about the ice back, uh, I think it was last week or the week before. I can't remember, but I appreciated that. That was actually uh, really informative and cool. Glad of you to do that. Um, my question today is in regards to Corpusalo. Now, that game on Saturday, definitely the defense and the Jackets play in front of him did not do him any favors. I mean, that Chinikov turnover that with Tarasenko to the whoever that other guy was on the Blues, that was undefendable, and Chinikov really made a, an error there. That set up that uh, pretty much two-on-one, but... Uh, I've noticed over the years, and I, I went through um, Corpusalo's stats, and I'm starting to think that he's a guy that I don't think is uh, plays well as a as a backup. I, I know the backup position for a goalie is th that's a tough that's a tough call to do. That's a tough job to do. Um, uh, looking at his stats, uh, any of the years that he's played thirty games or more. Um, he's in over the 90%, clear over the 90%. Um, last year he had 31 games and I mean, the whole team stunk last year. So he was, I think 89, almost 90%. Um, but the years that, that he's, he's playing less and is, is backup, uh, he is, he's just percentage is always well below uh, 90%. I just wonder if the guy is just just not set up to be a backup, to be the second guy. And I know you got to earn that that first guy position, but, you know, I, all the more possible reason to trade him? I don't know. I really like Corpusala. I'd like him to stay. Um, but it just, his numbers as a backup are just not good. He needs to be on a team where he can play every day and has proven to be an all-star when he can. Again, hate to lose him, uh, but maybe that's the reality and and a good bargaining chip for the Jackets going forward. Uh, like to hear your thoughts on it. Thanks. Well, Joe, I'll tell you this. No goaltender wants to be the backup. Everybody wants to be the starter, but there's only one starter per team, right? Um, it's. I think it's really hard to be a backup goaltender in the National Hockey League. I think there are some guys that have made a career out of it. Curtis McElhaney is one of those guys that comes to mind, and he, of course, just retired. 
But he spent a lot of years being the guy behind the guy. He was behind Sergei Bobrovsky here uh, at the end. He was behind uh, Vasilevsky in Tampa. He was the guy that he could handle that role. And I think that's the toughest thing about that role is you have to be ready to play uh, at any moment. But in reality, you're probably going to play once every two weeks, right? So, and, the, and it's changing a little bit. We've talked about this. I think teams are, uh, in some cases, looking more toward duos instead of uh, a singular guy. I mean, if you have a dominant guy, then you're going to go with that guy. And if you if you don't have a guy that is, is dominant, you're going to split the guys. And, and maybe some teams are going to split them now because they would like to uh, save their goaltender and have him more fresh at playoff time or whatever. But um, but it, it's a hard, hard job. It really is a hard job. And everybody wants to know that they're the man. I, I think Elvis is the same way. I've talked about that over the past couple of years. I think that Elvis is a better player when he knows that it's his job. And if he knows um, I might not play for another week and a half after today, then it's <clears throat> you know, he doesn't play as well. And I, I think that's kind of uh, human nature there too, right? Because you get into a situation where – you you don't you don't ever want to feel like man if I mess this up I don't know when I'm going to play again I, I, to me that would seem to be one of the biggest things to um, set aside if you're if you're the backup goalie and, and that's why I talked about McElhaney you know he was just same mindset all the time and he was a veteran guy and he had done it for a long time so he knew how to approach it but I think as a young guy especially. Uh, you get to a point where you're like, well, I, I don't want to screw up here because then I don't know when I'm going to play again. And then when you think about uh, not screwing up, then you screw up. You know how it goes. So um, it, it's a very difficult position. I think that um, I think there are teams interested in Jonas Corposalo right now. I wouldn't be surprised if the team is having discussions with other teams about Jonas Corposalo. Uh, but it will be it, – it's got to be a trade that's right for the Blue Jackets. Again, it would be great if – Jonas can go somewhere and be a starting goalie, and that's awesome. But you've got to get what you feel that he is worth. You can't just send him away and, and take nothing or take little just so he's a nice guy and he can go be a starter because that's what he deserves to do. So uh, you've got to make sure that the trade is something that works for you as well. So, um, yeah, I feel bad for him too because, I look, the St. Louis game – they could have given up 10 goals easily in that game if he would not have made some of the huge saves that he did. But they had so many breakdowns in front of him, and it seems like that when he plays, that happens more times than not. I don't know why, but that's what's going on right now. Um, but let's just hope that that was a, a one-off and that they'll play better in front of him the next time. But, yeah, look, I, I think it's a no-brainer that he's going to be moved at some point. And when you do it, you just got to make sure that you're getting – what's uh, you, you're getting the worth because this isn't just a, a give a guy away thing you got to get something back for him so we'll see how it plays out throughout the course of the season back to another question hey Bobby Mack Noah from Clintonville checking in my questions center around the great city of St. Louis first of all does it seem to you like it does to me that whenever we go down to St. Louis we seem to just get our Rear ends handed to us. I know in 20, 2018, the Jackets beat them. 2014-15 season, the Jackets beat them. But 
if they've beat them any other time in recent memory when they've gone down to St. Louis, I don't recall. Uh, so do you have any reason why you think that might be? Um, feel free to address that. Maybe that's more of a rhetorical thing. But also, I want you to now accentuate the positive, if you would, please. What is your favorite thing about St. Louis? I've heard a lot of negative things about that town, but this summer... On a cross-country road trip, I visited there for a couple hours, and I had a great time. There's a blues museum there uh, that was really interesting, and then right outside the museum there was this concert on the square near the museum in the downtown area, and it was a great concert also. So uh, that's my positive experience. Uh, what's yours? All right, Bobby. Thanks. Take care. Well, Noah, you have a couple of good questions here. First of all, why does it seem that the Blue Jackets can't win in St. Louis? I don't know. But recent history has you feeling like that even when you get there. Like, I get into the arena and I think, oh, this isn't going to be good. And I don't know why. I guess just because there's been a lot of losses recently there. But um, it's uh, you asked me to come up with something good about St. Louis. It's hard. I do not like that stop on the trip. I just don't. It's... Um, I understand that St. Louis is a great place. Uh, people like living there. You know, players rave about it outside of the downtown. I'm just not a big fan of the downtown. I'm really not. Uh, it, and I've told you before that I rate my cities based on hotels, restaurants, and the arenas. And when I go by that scale, the, the hotel's nice, but there's nothing around it. Um, it's hard to get something to eat. The arena, they pumped a lot of money into that arena, and it looks better than it used to, but it's still just, to me, blah. There's nothing so special that that I have to be there, you know? So uh, it's tough, and, you know, I, I the players aren't thinking about that kind of stuff, I'm sure, but it's just a, uh, it's just a weird... I'm glad we go there one time. Let me just say that. Now, as far as the positives of it, I've never been to the Blues Museum, Um the other day, I did take a picture, and I tweeted it because I was walking back from the rink, and uh, it was a nice day, and I stopped, and there was, uh, there was a little outdoor ice rink, and people were skating, and, and that was good. That was fun. And I turned, and I looked at, at the arch, which to me, the arch is the most positive thing about the place. I mean, it, it, it's to me, that's what is St. Louis, because you can look at the arch, and you know exactly where you are, right? But um, I turned around, and, and the arch was, you know, framed over the Capitol there. And, and then I remembered that I'd taken that picture, I don't know how many years ago it was, 15 years ago, when I was uh, called up and filled in for George Matthews, and we went to St. Louis and played. Lost that game too, by the way. But uh, that, that that's a positive. When I think of St. Louis, if I want to think about something nice about St. Louis, I think of that picture of the way that the Capitol is framed by the arch. And after that, to me, it's play the game. Let's get the heck out of here. So, I that's not nice, I guess, but it's just true. You ask me, you ask me what I think, and you know, I, I never shy away from telling you what I think. All right, let's get to some. Uh, oh, those questions, of course, were sent to me uh, via my email, Bobby Mac at BlueJackets.com. So you can do that anytime. B o b b y m a c at BlueJackets.com. Now let's go to Twitter at Bobby Mac Sports and see. What is going on there? Uh, David Halderman says, what's Boone Jenner doing to continuously be removed from the face-offs? I've not seen anyone else booted out so regularly. That's a great question, David. I got to ask him that. I know he's always trying to get that advantage. 
In other words, he's trying to cheat a little bit, but he has gotten thrown out a lot lately. So I don't know either. He's um, not good at cheating uh, or again, it just, it depends. Sometimes it depends who the linesman is and, and you're going to have better relationships with some than others. And, and every player will tell you that they'll look at the sheet and they'll see who the linesmen are, the face-off guys. They will definitely do that because they want to see who they're dealing with throughout the course of the night. So uh, I don't know why he's been kicked out so much, but uh, I'll ask him uh, because I'd like to know the answer to that question too, quite frankly. Um, the guy Vlad calls has this question. What is going on with Emil Bemstrom? Well, Emil is here. He's on the trip. He is skating. He is practicing all of those things. Um, but that's what's going on with him. He hasn't been activated. He's not ready to go. They're not ready to put him back in the lineup. And he is in a tough spot right now because who do you take out of the lineup to put him in? And that used to be cut and dry. It used to be easy to figure out who was coming out of the lineup on this team. Think about it. I mean, last year, I could have pretty much told you every game. This guy's coming out. Oh, Stenland's coming out. Oh, this guy's coming out. Uh, you know, th it was just different. I mean, this is a pretty good, solid lineup. And, you know, Gregory Hoffman was a guy a couple of weeks ago that he got taken out of the lineup or a week ago, whatever it was. He got taken out, and then he came back with a vengeance the next game and, and had multiple points. So, you know, who do you take out? There's no, there's no easy answer to that. So I think that Emil Bemstrom might be in a bad spot there too because, you know, you can you can activate him, but then who's he going to go in for? Where's he going to play? Where's he going to play right now on this roster? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. All right, here's the next question, and uh, I, I don't know. This is the, the Twitter handle is so long. I I don't even know. I don't even have the full thing here. <clears throat> so anyway, let me just ask. Let me read the question, not ask the question. Let me read the question. Any chance the Blue Jackets bring up Daniil Tarasov instead of wasting time playing Corpusalo? Now, first of all, how stupid is that statement? Wasting time playing Corpusalo. Right? So you would rather waste the development of Daniil Tarasov by having him come up and be a backup to Elvis? Is that what I'm getting out of that question? I mean, that is it's not happening. Number one, it's not happening. Uh, I would bet... I would bet with you right now that if and when the Blue Jackets make a deal with another team and Corpusalo gets traded, that oh, if he gets traded, I'm, I'm talking like it. Look, I'm I'm talking about it like it is uh, a fact of something that's going to happen. That's just the way it is because Elvis got the the contract, Elvis got the money, and Elvis is getting the playing time, and he's responding really, really well, and he's playing well. So that's why I keep saying that. It's it's um, but here's. To finish my thought, if they trade him, I would not be surprised if there's a goalie that comes back the other way. Who would be the backup? Instead of having Tarasov come up here, because Tarasov needs to play. Day in and day out, needs to play. And as he does, and as he gets better, then we're going to have another conversation down the road where we'll have this goalie controversy again, I think. And it'll be Elvis and Tarasov. But that is in the future. And to get to that point, Daniil Tarasov needs to play. And playing is what he is doing in Cleveland. So nothing is a waste of time, okay? It would be a waste of his time if he were to come here back up. That would be the waste. 
All right. Alec Chambers. 77% of teams in playoff spots at Thanksgiving end up making the postseason. What needs to be done for the Blue Jackets to maintain their current wild card position? I hate that stat. I don't care if it's true or false. I hate it. I There's no way that it should be right that six weeks into a season or eight weeks into a season that the playoffs have already been decided. And I know it's not completely decided, but I, I just hate that stat. Don't forget the Blue Jackets have not been in at Thanksgiving and have made the playoffs. So, but I know where you're coming from on it. I, I know it's a it's a talking point. It's a thing. It's a thing. I'm in Nashville. It's a thing. Um, but anyway, they just got to consistently win. I mean, you can't take too many nights off. Um, you have to be consistent in your game, and they have been. They just had a three-game winning streak that got snapped. You don't want to lose here tomorrow night and have it back-to-back losses going into Dallas. And then you're going to play against Washington, in Washington. You come home and face San Jose. Listen, this schedule is going to really start to become a grind, a real grind, especially if the Olympics stay in place, which right now they are. There's been talk. There's, there's chatter about whether or not that's going to stay, but the schedule the way it is right now, you have three weeks off in February. This schedule is going to become daunting. A lot of road games, a lot of games against really good teams. Here it comes. So what do they have to do to be in the playoff picture, to be in the conversation? They just have to be consistent and don't go through any long losing streaks. Really, I think it's that simple. All right, here's a question from Ryan Marchone. What are your thoughts on Gavin Bayreuther? He hasn't really stood out in a positive way to me, and I'd rather give a long look to Gabe Carlson instead of playing Bayreuther, who I don't see as a fit in the long-term plans. I'm going to hook this up with this other question from Jen Marie, who says, What's going on with Gabriel Carlson? I thought he was coming into his own, and now he is being scratched for Gavin Bayreuther. Just curious if you have any insight. So I can put all these together, and let's talk about these guys. Gavin Bayreuther does not stand out, and that is a compliment. That means he is doing his job. When you're a defenseman that plays the game that he plays, if you're standing out, it is because you're making a mistake, and it is obvious. I think he is steady. I think he's a pretty good puck mover. I can, uh, I know he can shoot the puck. I've watched him shoot the puck, obviously. I have no problem with him. No problem with him whatsoever. And he's just gone out, and he has been himself. Gabriel Carlson, to me, the biggest problem is he's got to, whether he wants to do it or not, he's got to have some kind of an edge in his game. Talked about Andrew Peak during training camp. Still talk about him now. Why am I talking about him so much? Because he is playing a certain way. He's playing with an edge. He is noticeable. Okay? Well, yeah, I, I just said you're only noticeable as a defenseman if you're making mistakes that's not true if you're playing that physical style you're also noticeable um, Gabriel Carlson if he would put that in his game with his size I think that he would be uh, sitting in a good spot to play for a long time in this league but he hasn't done that Gavin Bayreuther just goes out and does what he does and he does it well so you know, Carlson's had his looks and he's here and he's skating every day it's about who's going to help you to win. And right now, that's Gavin Bayreuther more than it is Gabriel Carlson. And um, 
you know, I don't know what the future holds there either, but I have no problem with uh, Bayreuther playing in these games. I have no problem with their use of him whatsoever. All right, so there are the questions that you have for me today, and more importantly, there are my answers to your questions that you have for me today. The Blue Jackets are back in action tomorrow night. They are in Nashville. That's where I am right now. I told you that once. In Nashville to take on the Predators. Game time is 8 o'clock tomorrow evening. Pre-game coverage starts at 7.30 on the Blue Jackets radio network, and that will be on 105.7 FM in Columbus, by the way, tomorrow night, just so you know. Uh, 105.7 Columbus Alternative is where you can find the game on radio tomorrow in Columbus, all along the Blue Jackets radio network as well, and TV pregame on Valley Sports Ohio also starts at 6.30. We'll see if the Blue Jackets can pluck the right strings, hit the right note, uh, whatever stupid cliche you want to use. We'll see if they can get the job done here in Nashville tomorrow night. Once again, thanks for all your questions today. That'll do it for the Monday Mailbag Edition of CBJ and 30, presented by Tell Ohio Credit Union. Until next time, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long.